listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Welcome to another edition of the Summer Series of Morning Agenda, where we look at the major stories that have set the agenda in 2022 in more detail. This year, the online behaviour of our teenagers has again been thrown into the spotlight after graphic, sexist, racist and homophobic messages shared between students from a top Sydney private school were exposed in the media. For some, the messages were shocking. For other experts who have long held concerns about what our children are being exposed to and sharing online, they weren't surprised at all. Author Melinda Tancred-Reist is the Movement Director of Collective Shout and is a passionate advocate for young people. She argues the disturbing behaviour we're seeing play out today is the result of years of exposure to violence, pornography and sexualisation, especially online. Melinda says the story she now hears from teenagers in schools are horrifying, with a whole generation of young Australians forever damaged and changed by what they're being exposed to online. In this special episode, Melinda shares with us why we need urgent regulation and a crackdown on the very powerful pornography industry. Well, the behaviour of Australian teenagers has again come into focus this year after explicit messages shared between students were exposed in the media. Now, some of the messages shared in a private chat room between students at one of Australia's top private schools were incredibly confronting, including alleged messages about gang rapes, and also homophobic and racist slurs. So exactly what is going on with our young Australians and are these messages just part of a wider systematic problem within our society that has been ignored for too long and may be the result of what many of our children have been exposed to for many years online? Someone who is incredibly passionate about this topic and doing amazing things in this space is Melinda Tancred Reist from Collective Sharp. Melinda is the author of several books, including Getting Real, Challenging the Sexualization of Girls, and also another fantastic book called Big Porn, Exposing the Harms of the Global Pornography Industry. Melinda, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Natasha. We mentioned in the introduction that the behaviour of Australian teenagers came into focus because these messages, these horrific messages were exposed in the media. When you read the details of what these teenagers Mm -hmm. were allegedly sharing online, were you surprised with its content? While the details were shocking and, you know, bear in mind that a seasoned crime reporter of 30 years at the Daily Telegraph found most of the material too disturbing to even publish, and this is a crime writer reporting on the the worst crimes in the country. Uh, I am actually not all that surprised because uh, these young men are marinating in a poisonous uh, culture. Uh, They're consuming pornography often uh, daily, nightly. Uh, They are following people like Andrew Tate that give them cruel and callous ideas about what women and women are good for. They've been groomed by a sexist culture. A sexist culture grooms sexist boys. We're hearing a lot about disrespectful behaviours, but if we don't address the culture which normalises and drives those misbehaviours, we're actually not going to get very far. Belinda, to what degree do you believe, especially pornography, has played into this incredibly disturbing disrespect, not just for young 
men, but many young teenagers, because then there's the big issue that I think we're forgetting in many circumstances, teenage boys, the expectations of what they think is normal sex, and also teenage girls. Yes. Well, pornography and the broader, what we call porn culture, needs to be acknowledged as a significant factor. That's what all of the global data, the global research is showing uh, that uh, porn is contributing to a toxic environment, to the twisting of sexuality, it's deforming, developing sexual templates, given that the average age of exposure now is around 10, uh, and also developing male attitudes uh, towards uh, sex and sexual entitlement resulting in demonstrable harm to women and girls. I'm going into schools now where even grades fives and six girls are telling me that uh, boys their age want to choke them, want to strangle them. Just in the last month, I've had girls telling me that uh, teen boys are threatening them with rape if they don't send sexual images. One of the worst stories I've heard just on this latest tour that I'm doing is uh, of teen girls, young teen girls being threatened by boys that those boys will rape their mothers and their sisters if they don't send images. And I was told by one girl that uh, she actually sent the picture to try to stop the rape of her mother and daughters and those two other girls who did the same thing. This is where we are at. And I didn't think the stories could get worse than anything I've heard, but I can tell you the last year, they're the worst than ever, but even in the last two months, even since you and I last spoke, the stories have have got worse. Uh, And this is all an outworking of what porn is teaching because the best uh, best respect and consent program in the world cannot compete with the world's biggest department of education, which is the porn industry. Melinda, I was just about to ask you that question because we've seen many parents have conversations with their children. They're very open about it. We've seen schools try to do the best that they can to talk about consent and about mm. respectful relationships. What can we do to stop this? Because when I'm hearing these stories from you, it actually makes me physically sick because I feel really sorry for a whole generation of teenagers that this is what they think is okay. They do think it's okay. And another big theme is uh, sexual moaning by boys uh, of girls as young as grades fives and six, sexual grunting, groaning and moaning noises. Even female teachers are now telling me that they're going to leave the profession that they had loved because they are being sexually harassed every day. Some are even being propositioned by Uh, teenage boys. So what we're seeing is the loss of empathy. And I must admit, there have been days recently where I have wondered, have we failed in Mm -hmm. the project of forming good boys? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, yes, of course, I know good men, boys, and I work with a number of them and I'm thankful for them. But we are talking about an entire generation of boys who are, are learning cruelty. They're learning to be brutal. They're learning to be callous and we're, we're losing empathy in our boys and our boys are not born cruel but we're knocking the empathy out of them so as to your question what do we need to do this needs a whole of community approach it needs schools it needs parents it needs our governments and our regulators why is it that children can enter porn sites with the click of a button one click and they are viewing torture porn rape porn sadism, incest, incest, pornography, the most popular genres of porn are the most violent. That's what the data tells us. 
this is often a young boy's first experience, first um, viewing of what human sexuality looks like. This is a disaster. It's a public health crisis. We're seeing rates of child-on-child -child sexual assault never before seen since a sexual assault has been measured. Just this year, the Australian, just recently, the Australian Bureau of Statistics released its annual figures on sexual assault in Australia. Not only has sexual assault increased for the 10th year in a row, most telling was that 61% of victims are under the age of 18. And we know how underreported sexual assault is. So there needs to be political will to develop policy which will protect children. And we had hoped that would happen uh, with the previous government, federal government, had instructed the eSafety Commission to come up with a roadmap, a plan for age verification. It's called proof of mm. age protections so that you have to prove you're over 18. It's a third party verification system. Governments don't uh, hold that data at all. It's, it's you know, being rolled out elsewhere. Um, and the eSafety Commission is due to report at the end of the year, but we're a little bit concerned. We're just uh, hearing a few noises that don't augur well uh, that we will actually get a system that works. There's you know, a lot of vested interests here, very powerful, very rich, that are trying to stop any regulation of the internet, even when it would protect the most vulnerable members of our community, and that includes the porn industry. Uh, you know, its business model is to groom the next generation of porn consumers. Uh, we are really hoping that the vested interests of that uh, global uh, predatory multi-billion dollar industry won't be put before the well-being of uh, children uh, who are being gravely harmed by uh, porn exposure. Melinda, what's infuriating about this is I've spoken to you many times about this issue and I even started talking about it as you did almost 10 years ago about mm -hmm. the fact that there were all the warning signs, there was very conclusive mm -hmm. data about yeah. what damage, extremely uh, confronting damage, this exposure to this type of content online was going to cause for a whole generation of people. That's oh. what's infuriating about this is that all of a sudden these stories pop up in the media and you almost want to say, I told you so. So we haven't... It's, mm. I, I'm, I'm a bit infuriated that the blame is being put on parents, on schools, when mm -hmm. really it was the government's responsibility to legislate mm. here. Well, this is what we elect our government for. This is what we elect our members of parliament for, to represent us. And surely they should be representing the most vulnerable. Uh, so my uh, my. Colleague uh, Daniel Principe, who works with me in schools, and I have been uh, talking to MPs as we're travelling around and just urging them to to act, urging them to uh, represent the most most vulnerable. And you're right, we were calling this out a long time ago. Uh, my colleagues and I at Collective Shout uh, were speaking about this more than a decade ago. I've now just launched my seventh book, mm. uh, which is called He Chose Porn Over Me, and it shows the devastation in relationships the devastation to uh, the woman primarily in a relationship with a habitual porn consuming men and what he expects from her, how he treats her. But now we're seeing young boys being taught that this is acceptable uh, behaviour, this is how you treat women. Uh, you know, nothing should uh, stop you from consuming even um, the most violent and degrading uh, porn. And so, you know, but now we're exposing that to, to little boys 
who are growing up with these harmful ideas. And it, it gives me no pleasure to say, I told you so, to be honest with you, I wish we were wrong. I really do. I really wish we were wrong uh, because we are seeing the outworking of a porn-groomed generation now. And uh, it's it's just uh, horrible to witness uh, the effects on boys, the effects on um, the girls in there that they relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, the stories are getting worse. I didn't imagine I'd be now invited to speak to grades four on, on, on these issues. But that's the reality. Even in the last year, there has been a 400% increase in seven to 10-year-olds sharing explicit images of themselves. They're even producing their own porn-themed content now because that's what they've learned will get them praise and compliments and accolades. You know, it's it's not just going to porn sites. The porn's all over their social media pages. It's all over TikTok. Mm. It's all over Snapchat. Uh, and these children are acting out what they're seeing. Uh, they are mimicking what they are seeing. And now you have seven to 10-year-olds producing explicit content and sharing it with strangers, 400% increase in 12 months. Well, Andrew, is that also we've seen that increase because we've seen a lockdown and more children, do you think, over the past two years have been on devices? Absolutely, and the data does bear that out. Um, the Australian Centre to Counter Child Exploitation uh, documented a significant uh, rise in these behaviours during lockdown because all the predators knew the kids mm. were online more than ever before. They know how to find them. They know how to start chatting with them, even through their gaming sites, uh, through uh, any platform that has a, a chat function, uh, and they they know how to groom these children and get them to do what they want. And then if the child does send the picture, they blackmail them to send more. And we've also seen a rise of uh, predators and bots targeting boys and pretending to be girls mm. and sending images, uh, you know, claiming to be you know a teen girl and then asking the boy to send one back. And and the boy does that. And this has happened in the US where one young man actually took his life over this. Uh, so, you know, the, the boys are at risk as well. And yes, there's definitely been a rise uh, since since lockdown. Melinda, we need to be hopeful. We need to always think that we can make a difference, especially mm-hmm. to save this whole generation and the one that follows from these mm. horrific images, from this horrific exposure and what it does to a whole generation of, of young Australians. Yes. What are the tangible solutions here? Of course, we have to look at legislation, but how do we really wrap mm. this up and make yes. our politicians accountable to do what they are paid to do. Yes, that's right. Well, look, we urge our, uh, our members of parliament to look at the data, look at the research, have a look at the research that we've shared at, at Collective Shaft and uh, all the submissions that we've written, the parliamentary inquiries, you know, the harms to, of, of porn to children uh, was a, a federal inquiry and, and then the uh, investigating the merits of an age verification system was a more recent inquiry. Um, You know, there is a a real constituency here wanting to see protections for children. It is too hard for parents. You know, even parents doing all the right things at home cannot protect their children. Children are being exposed at school, on the school bus, at the school camp, at the sleepover. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, It's really impossible to protect them ourselves without that whole of community approach. We need education programs on the issue in schools. We need to empower young people themselves to recognise they are not going to have happy, healthy, respectful relationships, that porn is destructive of their ability to to achieve that in life. And you were asking for signs of hope. 
we have now more girls saying, I'm allowed to say no, I'm allowed to act according to my boundaries and my values. And it's just wonderful to see so many girls. I just was reading some messages before you called me from, from young women at a school we were engaging with in South Australia last week, just saying how much it meant to them, how they felt now more equipped to, uh, to resist uh, the harmful messages of a sexist culture, to resist unwanted behaviours from young men. But we also have more boys now telling us uh, they don't want to consume porn or they're mm -hmm. giving up porn. They're becoming part of a global movement challenging the global pornography industry because they're recognising that the sexual scripts of porn are damaging and harmful to them. And I think that's where the hope lies. I think the adults have messed it up, but I do think this new generation will, will come to see there's something better to aspire to uh, than a commodified, industrialised, commercialised version of sexuality, uh, which won't help them achieve uh, healthy, loving, intimate, mutually respectful relationships. So that's actually uh, my greatest source of hope. Emmeline Duran, you absolutely nailed it there. We want everyone to have loving, respectful relationships and that to play out in the workplace and also greater society, all about respect. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing in this very, very important space and thank you for joining us with Morning Agenda. Where can people go for Collective Shout to find out more information? Collectiveshout.org is our website and we're on all of the usual social media uh, platforms as well and we'd, uh, we'd love to have your support. This really is a, a grassroots, you know, citizens movement and uh, we've achieved a lot of victories. Just in 2021, we had 20 victories. Seven of those were global against companies engaging in sexually exploitive uh, practices. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, we'd love anyone who shares our concerns to join us and let's uh, see some action happen. And thank you once again for everything you're doing in this space that affects so many Australians. Thanks, Melinda. Thank you for your interest, Natasha. And not only are teenage girls suffering, so too are our boys. Tomorrow, we'll speak with Hunter Johnson, who is the CEO of The Man Cave. Hunter says many young men are struggling and his organisation is doing life-saving and life-changing work in schools, helping young men navigate their mental health and life struggles. Listener.